Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. In the previous verses, Paul explains that it is scripturally correct for a minister of the gospel to make a living from that gospel. He points out how willing people are to pay for carnal things that bear no weight in eternity. Therefore, how much more ought they see value in the labors of those who bring them spiritual things that are far more important. An example of this would be paying for a meal at a restaurant with your family that took someone 30 minutes of labor to prepare, but being unwilling to offer that same amount for a spiritual meal served to your family on Sunday morning that took someone a lifetime of labor to prepare, and at minimum a week or more of seeking for the right word or spiritual meal that was needed to fulfill the spiritual needs of you and your family. So no, it is not wrong to support those in ministry so that they can be free to seek the Lord for an on-time word rather than spend their time waiting tables as was mentioned in the book of Acts. It is a serious thing to seek the Lord, to hear from heaven, to bring you an on-time word. However, Paul continues in our opening passage to state something that I think is quite prudent in the economical climate that we are now in. He makes it very clear that it is never okay to live above need or necessity and that money can never be the motivation for ministry or else you have no reward or glory for it in eternity. Furthermore, if you choose to forfeit these physical things, do you receive a greater glory for it in eternity, as it bears a better witness of the message being preached? Yet most importantly of all, does he make it very clear that even when there is no compensation or physical reward for it, or you still required to preach it, lest you face a judgment before God for your selfishness and disobedience? Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel, even if there is no income for it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel, even if there is no earthly glory for it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel, even if they come to kill me for it. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So my question to you today is if the economy falls tomorrow and does not rise again, will you keep preaching? If it is determined that Christians are to blame for the woes of the nations, as has been the false accusations and the tactic of the enemy throughout history, and ministers come to be hated instead of celebrated, will you keep preaching? If persecution rises up against us, even unto mortardom, will you keep preaching? I pray so. Paul did. 
I can only say for myself, as even Paul said earlier in this passage, that I have preached my whole life without financial compensation, and I have my whole Christian walk been despised and hated, so it is but a small step into what is coming. Yet still do I pray that for it I may not stumble at it. Yet for many among the church today, I pray the more earnestly and intently because that so few are ready. Dear hearts, I assure you of this, that economies will fall, and with them many ministries and pulpits. I pray that God raise up among the least of these a new few who will preach the truth with selfless fervency, not bridled by a love of currency, who will say as Paul did that day, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. In Acts chapter 20, verse 26, we read this, the very words of Paul at the end of his ministry when he faced public execution by beheading. He says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all of the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So today, Lord, we come together in humility and sincerity, and we pray. We pray first for the strength to stand in these trying days. Jesus told his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane when he knew that this hard persecution was about to rise up against them. He said, pray with me, lest you fall into temptation. And so today, Lord, we pray in faith, knowing that your word says that the days will grow darker and things will get harder like a woman that travails in labor. The birth pains will get closer together and more intense as the day of the Lord's return approaches. So we take your word serious and we pray for wisdom and strength and discernment. We pray to get to know you, to fall in love with you, to hear so clearly from you that we would not dare deny you or refuse to tell others of you. The word of God also tells us to be ready at all times to give an account of the blessed hope that is within us. Always be willing to be a witness. And I think that one of the most important things we can remember is that the Bible says that if we think we won't fall, then it is a surefire thing that we will. And I think that that is mostly because that in our pride, we don't seek him for the strength that we need. Like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus knew his hour was coming. He knew things were going to get very difficult. So he prayed, he sought the Lord. And as he did, it says that God sent an angel to strengthen him. But his disciples, they missed this. They were sleeping through the time of final preparation. So when the enemy came upon them like a flood, Jesus was ready and waiting. But they were caught off guard and began to move in their emotions. So therefore do we pray first of all for ourselves, Lord, that you would give us strength to stand with fervent devotion and be willing to have a right word on time and in season for those who need to hear the reason of our blessed hope of our faith in you, Lord, and of what you have spoken. We pray for our families, Lord, that they would stand fast in the times that are coming, Lord, that they would draw closer to you and not farther away, that they would not become disillusioned or believe the lies of the enemy, that they would not be hardened by the attacks that will rise up against them, even by their own 
family, Lord, but that they would grow the sweeter, the more forgiving, the more trusting of you, the more dependent on their spiritual husband to get them through. And Lord, we pray for the church at large. Lord, we pray for the pastors wherever they are. Let every person under the sound of my voice lift up a prayer for their leadership, for their pastors and elders, that they might have wisdom, that they might spend time on their knees in the prayer closet seeking you, Lord, for instruction, that they would be bold as lions, but gentle as lambs, that they would have wisdom, that they would trust enough to be led and even fed by the master's own hand to see no need to betray him like Judas did for 30 pieces of silver or the approval of man. Lord, we pray for the generations that are coming that will be raised up not knowing the freedoms and liberties that we have had where the word of God was so freely given and accessible to them. Lord, I pray that right now in this time, in this season, there would be a burning in every heart to read your word and believe it, to consume it, to let it be written in the very fiber of their being, that if the day might come that their Bible be taken away or declared unsafe or unsavory, that they would still be able to profess your truths and teach them to their children and their youth. Lord, shine your light in us. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Burn a fire blazing with the anointing of the oil of your glory that the world might see and believe your story through us. A demonstration, a testimony, an example of love and mercy, of forgiveness, of gentleness, of kindness, of humility, of faithfulness, even in the face of opposition and cruelty. Help us to be like you. Help us to prove your message true. And help us to continue to speak it and preach it that others might hear and believe. Because your word is very clear that how can they be saved unless they hear? And how can they hear unless a preacher be sent? And how can he be sent unless he be willing to speak and preach the gospel? of Jesus. Lord, equip us. Pour out your graces all the more on us, because by faith we believe every word that you have spoken, and we know that you are coming again with great glory and with judgment. We want to be found on the right side of history in that moment. We want to be found with the saints clothed in white raiment, singing, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who took our sins away, who redeemed us, who led us through our wilderness and brought us to promise, just like he told us. His words are faithful and true from the beginning to the end. We believe it. Let us be willing also to preach it. Whether we receive praise or persecution for it, financial compensation or vexation of soul. We're not in this for the silver and the gold. We're in this for the glory and honor of King Jesus. So no matter what it cost us, let us determine to say with all boldness, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel in its fullness.
The Bible tells us that we will give an account on the day of judgment for every idle word spoken, and I believe also for the ones not spoken. Therefore does Paul say that it is a necessity that has been laid upon him that he preached because he knew he was called, he knew he was commissioned, he could not abandon his mission. In times of lack or abundance, hardship or glory, in every situation, he had learned to be content with where the Lord had him and look for opportunity to better demonstrate God's character to those around him. I think of the prophets of old, like Jeremiah, who was thrown into a pit, imprisoned, battered, abused. Forget not getting paid or attention, they risked their very lives to preach the message that God had given them. And at one point, Jeremiah cried out and he said that he didn't even want to do it anymore. But yet it was like a fire shut up in his bones that he could not contain it. The Holy Ghost poured out and he was sent out to deliver a very hard message that everyone rejected. That's why he was called the weeping prophet, because he was so hated. My friend, not everything in ministry is glorious. Not in this life, at least. But for those who endure, it will be all the more in the next. So trust God in this and determine in your heart and your spirit to preach the gospel of Jesus, no matter the cost or consequence. Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, for I know both how to be abased and how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What an amazing passage, and we love to quote it, but more often than not, we do in the regard that we can do these mighty amazing things but Paul actually meant it that he had the ability through Christ who strengthened him to keep preaching even without material things, financial compensation, big stages, the approval or applause of men, even if he was despised, rejected, or persecuted, he could do it. Because if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lived within him, shall anything be too hard or impossible, my friend? Let this same mind that was in Paul and in Christ be in us, that we might be able to say with all assurance, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel, no matter the circumstance, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The more difficult or even impossible, the greater the testimony. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.